Good day everybody, Christian Democrat with another episode on this nice spring morning. Seems like spring has finally decided to show up and stick around maybe for a few days, so that is certainly good news for everyone. Today we're going to look at Pete Buttigieg again and the fact that he is the first openly gay man running for president and what we should do about that as Christians. How should we react to that fact? Now, I know in some way, shape, or form, I, I've been doing a lot of podcasts on Pete Buttigieg, and there's several reasons for that. I haven't done nearly as many on other Democratic candidates, but part of the reason for that is I like Pete Buttigieg. I'm a little biased, I guess. Another reason is that you like Pete Buttigieg, apparently. He's my most popular download, so I'm, I'm giving the audience what they like. But third, Mayor Pete is also uh, crossing, I guess, the, he's like the intersection of religion and politics. If you just listen to him talk, he's often talking about religion. He's often talking about how his faith influences his politics. So other candidates don't seem to be doing that. I don't hear that from other candidates. I hear policy. I hear, you know, attacking the president or the president putting somebody down. There's, there's things going on, but you don't have this overt reference to religion, which is kind of what this podcast is all about. So, Pete Buttigieg, for several reasons, keeps getting airtime, but so be it, as long as he's popular. Uh, he's a good foil for thinking through our faith and thinking through how it should affect politics. The reason I'm doing this particular podcast is because, unfortunately, there's there's been instances, more than one of his rallies, where there's hecklers shouting at him, things like, repent or homosexuality is a sin, or, or something along those lines, and trying to shout him down, ruin his appearance in those places and whatnot. And it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing for me that I have to do a podcast saying that that's not the right approach from a biblical perspective, but I feel like I probably still do need to do that. Uh, to clarify, and, and to be honest, I have no idea who these hecklers are. I don't know if they're just random people. I don't know if it's some organization or a church that's that's doing this, that's, you know, sort of actively working against homosexuality or what. Uh, I think they definitely give the church a bad name. I think that these people, honestly, I don't even think they're always mentally balanced. I think sometimes they're, they're, they're seriously, legitimately mentally ill. Nevertheless, that's still going to give the church a bad name because these people are doing these things. But how should we respond biblically? You know, to stand up, <clears throat> excuse me, to stand up and, and call out this man for his sin, you know, where are these people at Donald Trump's rallies calling him out for his sin? Or Joe Biden about his sin? Or Camilla Harris about her sin? You know, I just, I just don't see it, and it, it seems seems silly. Homosexuality is mentioned six times in the Bible. It's referenced six times. It's always put out as a sin. It's always, oftentimes in the New Testament, it's like when they're listing sins. They're, they're going through a big list of sins, and homosexuality is one of those sins on the list. 
And I, I think it's probably not mentioned more in the Bible because in the ancient world it was just understood that this was not a good moral practice. So they didn't harp on it. It wasn't, you know, if Paul was writing a letter to a church today in America, he'd probably have to go more in depth on the issue. But at the time, everybody, whether you're Christian or non-Christian, pagan, uh, whatever your religion, Jewish person, you understood homosexuality was not something to be practiced. But the Bible doesn't harp on it. It doesn't. It doesn't make it a, a center point uh, in the Word, and certainly not something to, to sort of cherry pick and then just start throwing out at people. So I think part of the confusion that people have is the difference between politics and the church. Right? When I go to church, there are rules. Right? And, and I join the church. I stand up in front and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that I will follow the rules of the church and that people can then hold me accountable. Now, that doesn't happen very often anymore in church. It doesn't. It should, but it doesn't. But I would suppose that if I would marry a man and come into church that it might you know, cause, cause an issue because we're still kind of sensitive to that particular topic. But nevertheless, there's, there's a moral authority of the church that I'm submitting to and it's understood that there is some kind of accountability at least there should be in a church and politics is different though particularly in America you have a pluralistic society where freedom is very much valued right we, we sometimes get that confused on the right as well that we we want everybody to be a Christian but then we want our freedom as well so uh, you have to kind of respect both, but we live in a society that have people of lots of different religions and no religions. People that read the Bible just like I read the Bible, and people who say they believe the Bible, yet they read it differently than I do. So in politics, you have to work with all these sorts of people. right? You can't just make a coalition of people just like me and vote for a candidate just like me. But certainly Donald Trump is not like most evangelicals that I know or really most liberals that I know, or most of anybody, he's sort of a unique character. But you have to be willing to say, I have my values, I'm gonna take them into this political arena that has a host of other people with all their different values. Some of them line up with mine, some of them don't. And that, that's how I pick a political party. None of them are perfect. But I say, which party lines up better with my values and better with the way I see things? And then I respect the other side that, that disagrees with me, that has different values, and I, I can debate them. I can share ideas, and maybe sometimes they convince me that they're right, and maybe sometimes I convince them that I'm right, and it goes back and forth. But when I look at a candidate like Pete Buttigieg, I don't want to condemn him for one sin. I want to look at the whole picture. What are his other values? What, what are his other characters? Does he seem to have good character? Does he seem to be an honest person? Does he seem to be a person that would fight for the average American or is he going to be bought out by special interests? What are his views on health care, which is a real huge problem in America right now? What, how is he going to interact with countries around the world? The president has taken very unusual stance and, and cozied up with, with dictators and strongmen from Turkey and Russia and Saudi Arabia and criticized our friends from Canada and Germany, Great Britain, France. 
So let me let me look at the whole picture of Pete Buttigieg and not just one issue. You could go back to my wedge issues talk of how they pick these wedge issues to divide parties and divide Americans and say, I need to, I need to look at the whole picture. Because I understand that every candidate out there has some things I agree with and some things I disagree with. There's some things I like and there's some things I don't like. And I'm going to vote for the one that is probably best represents my values that I have, I have a feeling that will best represent our country and not just have tunnel vision and look at one particular item. Because that's kind of what they want you to do, right? The, the people on the right, they want to say, oh, he's gay, don't vote for him. Okay, case closed, move on to, to you know, some other person, some other topic. Okay, well, I, I could say Donald Trump's an adulterer, don't vote for him. There was a time in American politics, Donald Trump would have never been able to be ever considered a serious contender for presidency because he's an adulterer and he's had multiple wives, multiple marriages. So, times have certainly, certainly changed and what sin you want to pick has certainly changed and sometimes depending on if you're on the right or the left, I think that, that makes a difference as well. So, I want to just kind of emphasize the point that one sin does not disqualify a politician necessarily like it would in church. In church, you have different rules and you have different structure going on in doing the political world and confusing those two worlds causes Christians a lot of problems and this is why you know I really get upset with these these Christian radio stations when I listen to them and they're all about politics and that that's fine that that's their views that's their choice but then they teach the Bible and I'm, I'm very cognizant of not doing that because the Bible is the Word of God and I, I could I could I could I teach Sunday school I've thought about starting a different podcast where I do teach the Bible, but but on this channel I only do the Bible if it certainly if it particularly applies to politics to that political situation. I don't teach on justification by faith or the nature of God or the nature of man or sin or or all those things. I say let let's just focus on politics because my politics that that's an opinion. Which candidate I like is my opinion. If I like socialism or capitalism, that's an opinion. Or a Republican or Democrat, that's an opinion. The Word of God is supposed to be the truth for Christians. And if I'm teaching on that, so far as I get the, the text right and the words right, I'm telling you God's truth. And it's a very dangerous thing to listen to a show where they're quoting scripture at the beginning of the show and telling you, oh, this is, this is God's Word, this is this and that. And then the next minute they're going on and giving you all of their political opinions and you have to be able to decipher that's an opinion. The first part was God's word, that's truth. The other part is just opinions. It's very dangerous, it's very unhealthy, I think. Uh, the separation of church and state is a good idea, it's a good concept. And it should also be maintained, you know, and I'm at, in this podcast I'm looking at how does a Christian live out in the political world and I'm using scripture, but I'm not talking about justification by faith. I'm not talking about the nature of God. I'm not talking about the problem of evil or all those other very important topics because I'm talking about politics that involves so much opinion where I'm just trying to argue my point from scripture but also from my worldly experience and worldly knowledge. And that has to be admitted that you might have a better point than I do. You could argue your point perhaps and, and beat me. But that idea that the political arena is not church gets a lot of people caught up 
and they, they start condemning people like they're in church and like they're expecting them to be members in their church and, and following all the church rules rather than this is a political arena where we're looking at the whole picture recognizing that some people are going to be different than us have different views than us and we're still going to have to work with them because that's just what we have to do in america if we want to value our freedom we have to work with people who are different with us and have different views than us come together find common ground find ways we can compromise move forward make things better maybe not perfect but better and then as we progress and, and see how laws are implemented and see what their all their effects are we can make more adjustments as we go so that's the christian Democrat for today. Give Pete Buttigieg a chance. Listen to him. He's on online everywhere. He's got all kinds of interviews out there. Don't disqualify him just for one thing that he does that you may not agree with. I didn't even address the fact that if you're a liberal Christian, you have no problem with him, I suppose. Um, I come from a conservative evangelical perspective, and that's mainly what I was talking about today. So that's all I have. For this morning, I'm the Christian Democrat, and I'm out.